Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz-Tyson is available for Monday the 28th of June 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, episode 335. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 1633 hours. It's a wet day here in London. Warmish, but wet. Lazy weekend which I spent just trying to rest a difficult uh, few days feeling lethargic I think I said on last week's show it's that old cliche of when you finally give your body a break and try to rest that's when it hits you just how tired you are normally I'm just uh, on go 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 all the time and to try and down tools and to succeed to a certain extent just made me realize how tired I do feel sloth Saturday shows where my mind is at I made my pizza and I forgot to take the cardboard out from underneath the pizza the bread wasn't cooked through properly though it did make it conducive to a non-breakage calzone fold over that's something to keep in mind so let's get on with the show a curious incident to report you first that happened on the morning of Wednesday, the 23rd of June, 11.15 hours on Morby Bruff, SW8 London. Saw a guy older than me pulling a shopping trolley alongside what must have been his mum. More on this uh, subject later. And uh, he was in short sleeves and looked like he had um, tattoo sleeves on both arms. That's the first hard swallow of today's show. So it looked like he had tattoo sleeves on both arms, and I I, I sighted that about 30 metres away, and I thought, that can't be right. Now, I'm not a big fan of ink, as you know, but I accept it's established itself now, and it doesn't really bother me. I, I just don't really care much beyond that, though I do find it tragic when my generation have gone down that route, particularly with the currently, say, fashionable designs, because it's not us driving that. And I always think it's weird when it's the older generation being influenced by the younger generation when it comes to, say, aesthetic things. And I kind of think, you know, when I see someone of my age or older and they've got the kind of ink or piercings associated with younger people, I I kind of think, come on, man, what are you doing here? It's like Harrison Ford getting his ear pierced in 98, by which time he was in his 50s. It just looks a bit silly. You know, come on, behave. Anyway, it was my mistake. As he drew closer, I saw it wasn't two tattoo sleeves. It was simply old school arm hair. Crikey. And you do get uh, the more hirsute guys who go for the tattoos and they're shaving their body every day. I've seen that. I know people who do that because they've gone and, say, had, uh, you know, their arms inked and uh, you, you, you can't have the uh, the arm hair growing to the extent that it can do in the Mediterranean community if you've got some ink. You've got to take, uh, you've got to take some action there. 
I had another weird dream too, and this one was all over the place, and I wrote it down on waking up about 04.32 hours on the 24th of June. My first thought on waking up was realising that I'd gone to bed wearing the same socks I'd worn on my visit to my aunt's several visits last week, which I'll come to later. And regular listeners will know I, I like to take my shoes off when I go indoors, but often at my aunt's I'm the only person who'll be in there in socks. So as soon as I get home, I remove those socks in the hallway so I'm not walking around and bringing the streets inside the flat. And this time I'd forgotten to remove the socks and I'd ended up going to bed with the socks. I think there was a couple of days last week, a couple of nights where the temperature had dropped and uh, I was wearing socks and uh, increased the toggage on the bed to the usual levels. So I woke up and I removed the socks. And then I recalled the dream and I actually jotted it down and I had to make sense of it as best I could for this episode, episode 335, because my writing was all over the place because I was half asleep. So I looked through these notes and as best as I can decipher, the dream involved me starring on an episode of The Bill. I'd been drinking and eating crap food. I was vomiting. I was dressed in a mid-90s Liverpool strip, the Adidas one for the uh, anal kit observers out there. It was the Adidas one, 95-96, the red home kit with a thick cricket-type collar they only wore for one home season. Great kit, horrible collar because it was just too thick. It was a V-neck and it was it looked uncomfortable in um, to be playing in during the warmer months. And I think that's probably why... Well, actually, no, it's not why they got rid of it because I think they switched to Reebok in 96. But other than the collar, I think it was their best kit for a for quite a while. Anyway, in this dream, as best as I could decipher from my notes, I'd just played my last game for Liverpool and I was retiring, which was wrong in that had I been a footballer, I would still have had another decade left. I wouldn't have retired until the mid to late noughties, unless I was retiring because of an injury. But I think in that respect, the dream wasn't very accurate. And I was outside Wherever I was, I think I was outside Anfield and fans were trying to strip me off my uh, 90s kit as they streamed out of the ground. I was chatting to uh, the Bills PC Reg Hollis while in my Liverpool kit. Then I was asking uh, Alan Shearer how he coped with his retirement. This was 10 years before Shearer actually retired. And from there it went off in all kinds of directions. There were various exes appearing in the dreams leaving me all over again, even the ones that I'd actually broken off with. So the dream was distorted. Then I ended up on Landor Road SW9, my least favourite road along with Acre Lane. I've said that uh, on recent shows, I think, too. I had ended up on Landor Road SW9 by the old public phone box that I always used to use. I think there is still a phone box there. It is now principally the location for the edible bus stops on whatever nonsense South London scheme. And, you know, given how much dog muck was there in that spot in the 20th century, I'd give it another five centuries before eating anything grown there at that edible bus stop. Maybe that's just me. So I was there by this old phone box and the shopkeeper used to own one of the corner shops on Landall Road, Asian guy, Richard, who committed suicide in 85. He often used to uh, let me use the payphone he had at the back of his shop. He was there and he was asking me why I was using the phone box when, you know, I could use the payphone in his shop. Then I dreamt about uh, the village I lived in 
from 2004 to the start of 2007, about a mile from Windsor, place I absolutely hated and never want to see again. And in this dream, the place was flooded, which had never been flooded when I was there. And uh, I was trying to work out how to use a canoe. You know, when you see these news reports and you see these guys just simply going to the shops in a canoe and you think, well, they must have had the canoe in the, in, in the house. But how do you get into the canoe? How do you open the door to your house if it's flooded? How do you get into the canoe? And then I was bunking my train fare, which is something I did used to do when I lived in Windsor because I needed to go to London every day just to get my fix. And that would have cost me a fortune had I paid the fares. And there was this... Um, because there was barely anything around there. And it is the one location I've lived in where you did need a car. And I've really struggled not uh, being a driver. It was just a, a horrible time. There was a restaurant maybe about five, six minutes away, just in the middle of nowhere. And uh, my then ex and I went there once on a Saturday night. And I, I didn't enjoy it because I just didn't like walking around there. It was just so grim that area and the restaurant in my dream had been closed down by the pandemic so the pandemic was bleeding into my dreams it's as if my memory is playing back all these recollections of my life in a in a jumbled manner though as if I'm nearing the end which is something that's definitely on my mind and it's it's one of those end of season compilation episodes of your favorite tv sitcom the kind of end of season compilation episodes that used to be very common in yesteryear, except in my case, it's a, it's a showreel of mainly low lights, and it's just very disconcerting. Uh, TV-wise, I think I started watching, well, no, I know I started watching, I think that was on Saturday, I started watching a series on the iPlayer, Larry Krasner, the uh, Philadelphia DA, watched a couple of episodes on that. It was, it was okay. I also saw last week... Um, an old documentary that was on the uh, the iPlayer. It's about 10 years old on the Jetstream, which was interesting because I didn't realize that the Jetstream was simply something that was only discovered about 60 or 70 years ago by accident. And it was discovered by American fighter pilots. They'd built this new fighter plane that was meant to be able to go higher, fly higher than any other plane at the time, which would have given them a significant advantage against the Japanese. And they had this accurate uh, bomb dropping facility on these planes and they showed how this was all meant to work and when they got up there for the first time uh, the, the the bomb dropping thing was actually so accurate that the Americans gave their pilots as well as uh, there's a sound there I might have to uh, edit out if I can identify it on, on audacity it was a kind of uh, so uh, I don't know if I'll be able to track that let's just get on with the show the Americans were so confident in their new fighter planes that they actually gave their pilots a list of what to bomb and what not to bomb. And they were so confident in the accuracy of these planes that they gave them both lists and they thought it would just bring an early end to the war. When the pilots got up there, they found that as they honed in on their targets, they were being buffeted by these unexpected winds that were causing them to miss their targets they returned to base. Their general didn't believe them, gave them what for. The general went up the, um, went up the following day in another fighter plane, came back and was big enough to say, yeah, sorry, you guys are right. And they didn't know what was going on. And it was through various experiments, tests, what have you, that they were able to identify the jet stream 
And I think the Japanese as well were carrying out their own tests on the jet streams. Just looking at why the levels are so loud on this week's show, the Japanese were carrying out their own uh, tests on jet streams. And they were actually flying bombs across the Pacific connected to balloons. I think one, one of the bombs that got into the States, I can't remember where, I think it was a southern state. I think it killed about three or four people. That was it. But it was very successful. They were able to cross from Japan to the States, these bombs hooked up to these balloons, they were able to make that crossing in about four days. So that was a a very interesting documentary. I had a trip to the dentist last week for a checkup, he said, without any segue. Back at my childhood dentist in Stockwell as a result of the pandemic, you know, the um, my time with the uh, expensive Putney dentist is over. For the uh, For the foreseeable, pointless going to the dentist right now, I think, because there's not much they can do. In the case of my dentist at Stockwell, I, I don't know if that's down to them being useless or just the pandemic severely limiting what they can do. I don't know. I think it's a bit of both. If I was to be pushed on that, I'd say it's more of the former, you know, just uh, useless and disinterested. Another noise there. I don't know what's going on. I'm committing to the vocals before I'm actually vocalizing. I think that's what's uh, going on today. I'm starting to sweat a bit as well. I'm trying to get out for a run as well after this show today, which means I'm going to miss the second half of the uh, Spain game. It's going to start in about 13 minutes as well, Spain-Croatia, so I won't be uh, watching the start of it either. I've missed so much of the football, and I don't really care too much, I have to say. Small talk to bit after the, um, well, while still at the dentist, while I uh, blagged myself a prescription for some of the best toothpaste on the market. You have a Spanish name, said the Portuguese dentist. He forgets we have this conversation all the time. He's like some uh, poorly listened to podcast host who talks about the same things each week. And then he added, just for good measure, you sound like Sean Connery. That's a first. Made a change from Alan Partridge. Another thing that didn't really impress me is they sent me a form to fill out online before going in whenever it was last week. I think it was Wednesday I was in there and it wouldn't accept my date of birth. So I contacted them and said, I can't do this. It's not accepting my date of birth. I can't change the day I was born. So they said, no problem. Just come 10 minutes early. You can fill out the form here. So, you know, I've gone in there. I've done all the hand gelling stuff. And uh, then they get me to handle their iPad and input all my details. And, you know, that's a pandemic failing. So you want me to come in clean. You're, you're taking my temperature, etc., and all that. Then you hand me a, an iPad to fill in all my details. I don't know how many people have used that iPad that day before I go in. You don't know how much stuff I've handled before I go in. It just makes no sense to me. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 335, sweating the small stuff every Monday. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westdeck, facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available, danielruizteisen.com is where you can find all my work. If you want to make a one-off donation to support the work, there are PayPal and coffee.com links on the website if you've enjoyed the show and have yet to do so do please rate review subscribe on apple podcasts if you have time if you're able to that is still the um the the most important way basically the easiest way for any podcast to grow despite the fact that for the last 15 16 years apple podcasts and itunes whatever they call themselves these days have been pretty much useless when it comes to supporting 
podcast. But most importantly, the best way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available to access all the bonus content that has been on there for the last 18 months. A shout out this week to Russell. Thank you for your support for this work, Russell. It is appreciated. Last week was a good week of running, if inconsistent. I'd done uh, 8.5K on Monday. I thought it was 9.5K. The app was playing up, but I'd run sufficiently well to feel confident that I could get my first post-COVID 10K under my belt on Wednesday. In fact, I hit over 14K. The conditions were just ideal for me. It wasn't cold. It wasn't uh, too warm. Uh, There was a nice breeze. And then on Friday evening, I went out and right away from the first lap, I just thought, oh, this is too warm for me. All I had was a T-shirt and shorts, but it was just a bit too warm for me. And I was down to about seven and a half K. So the weather robbed me of half of what I'd accomplished on the Wednesday. But still, as much as I dislike it, this is the bit where I say the same thing I do every week. I certainly am feeling the positives of the running within an hour or two of returning back to the flat. It's just a, a really nice feeling. Wednesdays, uh, the, the 14K on Wednesday had knocked me out when I went to bed. So that was unusual for me. That really tired me out and I had a fairly decent rest that night. So I'm going to go out uh, after this. I've already said I'm likely to miss some of the Spain game. I think France is, on, I don't know who France are playing. Is it Switzerland? It might be Switzerland. They're playing tonight. I'll try and catch a, a bit of it. Of course, it does interfere with Star Wars football. And I'm quite into uh, Star Wars Silver Age season six, the results of which uh, the latest results will be coming to you uh, towards the end of this show. Uh, overtaken by Vest, whereas the serious runners, I suppose, and the, yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. They're they're the more serious runners, and uh, when you see someone overtake you in the park and they're wearing a vest, you've just got to take it on the chin. Other than that, I, I feel I feel okay. I feel that um, I try to do the same thing. I, I think it's the only way I can actually try and block off any discomfort and I did the same yesterday at the hospital at the hospital yesterday I was focusing on last night's league cup tie between Besbin and Death Star the Cloud City derby I was trying to pick up the lineups as uh, I was in this uh, trapped inside this machine and I was also uh, fretting about a hole in my sock I'd spotted uh, the last minute only spotted it in the hospital and I was thinking can they see the hole in the sock they're going to think this guy really is at the end. But I was just trying to pick a t- uh, pick the teams, really, for the League Cup because, you know, it's uh, very much like uh, real football. It's uh, where you kind of play a few of the reserves and the youngsters, try to um, give them their head. And I do that when I'm going around the park as well. And as I said a few weeks ago, some of the most important transfers, some of the bigger transfers of this current season were conceived while out on a run one Friday evening. Uh, Moving on to my aunt's, uh, all the visits last week. Drama at my aunt's pretty much most of the last week, including today. Last Thursday, my aunt, I think she's also recalling things from yesteryear as I am, though in her case, it's during her waking hours. Last Thursday morning, she pulled up my uncle on some woman who'd apparently rung the bell of their Hyde Park corner bedsit where they lived in the mid to late 60s. Imagine actually being able to afford to live in Hyde Park now. Just cannot uh, cannot be done. My aunt, though, in her telling of the story, took umbrage with the fact that rather than allow the woman to come up to the bedsit, my uncle went downstairs and, according to my aunt, that evening chatted to the woman for three hours in the doorway. My uncle remembered the incident, albeit rather differently. 
He said it wasn't three hours. My aunt said she'd gone without dinner that evening, and I, I'm guessing from that that even back then maybe he took charge of uh, meal times and arranging meals when he was in the uh, when he was in the house. This went on for a bit before they then got into a set to over who had the uh, most cutaneous skin lesions, and my uncle showed his right arm full of lentines. <laughs> My aunt was dismissive. She pulled her hair back from her left ear, brought her neck closer to me and asked if I could see a small growth below the low, barely discernible unless, like me, you've spent the last 11 years trawling through dermatology sites for an hour each night and pretty much every evening. On Friday, meantime, as soon as I stepped into their flat, my aunt said to me, you've done your lips like a woman. Have you painted them? Does she seriously expect me to answer that? I asked myself. That's not the first time you've turned up with your lips like that. You look like a woman, said my uncle chipping in. It reminded me of the time when I had the late in life uh, brace. And, uh, you know, the brace pushes you into a pout. And I'd turn up at my aunt's and she'd say, oh, 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 look at your lips. You need to speak to the dentist. You can't go around with your lips like that. I dropped in at my aunt's uh, after the hospital yesterday afternoon. Unusual for me to go there on a Sunday. And actually, after the hospital, I was walking to get a bus. I was walking across the bridge. And for about 20 metres, there was this stretch of dog muck. And I thought, this is unusual. It's a bridge in central London. Who walks their dog across a bridge. It's not something that you really see, particularly in central London. And who then would let their dog do that? Because normally, although it's, you know, it doesn't make much of a difference because, you know, as Bill Hicks, not that Bill Hicks, uh, once blogged so memorably, it, and I'm paraphrasing here, no one comes and, you know, jet cleans that spot of pavement or turf where that muck has dropped you know, it's still dropped there. It's still dirty. It's still polluted. And I was walking across the bridge, appalled by this stretch of muck and thinking, what's going on here? And it's a tourist heavy area. How did they get away with that? They must have been, it must have been early in the morning. That's, that's all that I could think. But went to my aunt's after the hospital and, uh, you know, neither my aunt, my uncle or me are too confident we'll be around for much longer. I don't think in that respect that we're good for each other, even though I'm not going anywhere travel wise, that is, hopefully that's all because I, I, I still have ambitions. Um, even though I'm not going anywhere, I still like to have a valid passport. And my aunt was my next of kin back in 2011. I'm surprised she's made the decade, especially given what she's been through, but it does show how tough she is. But I did drop a strong hint and have been drop, uh, dropping some hints over the last few weeks that if I get my new passport this year, I probably uh, need to register a new next of kin. And uh, she wasn't having it. But if you're the emergency contact, I said, you don't even know how to call for an ambulance if something happens to me. I can call your cousins, she shot back. But that's an extra step. I tried to reason with her. That's extra time wasted. That could be critical time wasted. And the time it takes you to find their numbers, I could end up brain damaged. And then what? Who's going to look after me? I might as well just put one of them down and that's it. They just got to call one person. There's no extra step. No, she wasn't having it. She's not giving up the uh, next of kin status. As my passports, by the way, have always 
been renewed when the year ends in one, like Spurs and the FA Cup back in the day. I always made sure I never got into a new relationship around that time because, you know, in the early days, you're never quite sure where it's going to go. And say, if I was getting the passport renewed, as I do, it tends to be at the end of uh, the year ending in one. Say I'd met that person at the start of the year ending in one. They might think after nine or 10 months that things are looking secure enough for them to be able to go down as the next of kin. And you're thinking, well, it's not even a year yet. This could easily go wrong. Do I really want this person down as my next of kin? Because obviously you can scratch them off and change it. But you, the, the, the point is, it's an honor. You, you're bestowing an honor on someone, really. It's like giving them the, uh, the captain's armband. And I don't think you want to fast track people to next of kin status. I, I think it needs to be earned. So I always made sure I never got into any uh, any new relationships at the start of a decade. You know, all my relationships have started, you know, around the third year or, you know, the latter part of a decade. This morning, uh, meantime, uh, back at my aunt's, this morning involved a dispute over Friday's planned shopping expedition to Sainsbury's, uh, the idea being to help my aunt finally grasp how to cash in nectar points. I said I'd be able to take a schedule permitting, though I did also stress that, you know, I'm keen to avoid the Clapham branch because, as you know, SW4, its modern-day wanky incarnation, just brings out an adverse reaction in me. Much like running through long grass in the summer does, I return home to find some rash on my legs that only disappears after a post-run shower. That's what Clapham does to me. So I was trying to persuade my aunt to be amenable to a, a trip to the Nine Elms Monster and save me going into Clapham. She was okay either way, so long as we bus it wherever we're going, which is fine by me. The problem is she's adamant my uncle has to come because she's got it into her head that I won't travel with her, just her and the shopping trolley, which isn't quite true. What I have said and what I stand by is that I think the shopping trolley, for a guy shopping with an elderly person where there's a clear age difference, I don't think that's a good look for the guy. It screams, it more than screams, confirmed bachelor. It screams, never left home, never had a girlfriend or boyfriend, to quote one of my oldest friends, someone you know well, I am a modern man. Just when I see these guys, and there's few of them, uh, there are, there's a few of them about locally, I'm, I'm thinking... Um, there's one on South Lambeth Road, for instance, a uh, very overweight guy, so close to his mum, older than me, no chance of any woman or guy coming anywhere near him while he's uh, still living at home. Doesn't look like it bothers him at all. Always shops with a trolley. I think his uh, mum's now at the stage of her life where she can't even go out to the shop, so it's just him and the shopping trolley. But as long as I've got breath in my lungs and, and, and strength in these arms, I will do my utmost to avoid the trolley when I can, certainly for myself. I think subconsciously it might be why over the last decade and more I've done weights three or four nights a week. Maybe the strengthening, nothing hugely dramatic, but maybe behind it was simply me trying to ensure I could keep the shopping trolley at bay for as long as possible. It's it's one of those things that bothers me, a bit like living on top floors and realizing like my old neighbor here that at some point you're going to be too old to live on top floors and you've got to relocate to the ground floor and you're not going to feel safe on a ground floor. You might be saddled too with the 
responsibility of having a garden. And aside from the responsibility of having a garden, I wouldn't have a clue as to what to do with a garden. I'm not a garden kind of guy. My aunt knows the shopping trolley is not a good look, certainly not in our community. The old women are always gossiping about those stay-at-home sons that never left home and still live with their mums even after they're They've got their first liver spots and the prostate checks are establishing themselves as a regular part of their lives for the rest of their life. Don't worry what anyone says about the trolley, she'll tell me. When she knows at this stage when what my life has come to is simply trying to find someone who I can maybe share a couple of good years with before they escort me to Dignitas, she knows the trolley. She knows visually that isn't going to do me any favours. Anyway, my uncle's not having it. He's adamant. He's not coming on Friday. He's not needed as far as he's concerned. There's no need for all of us to go, he said. My aunt looked at me, shot him a scathing look, then glanced at me again. You know why he doesn't want to come? Shall I tell you? Because he wants to sleep some more. That's all he does, sleep and eat crisps. My uncle just shook his head. If I knew your aunt was going to be like this in old age, I'd have left her a long time ago. If you didn't have me, my aunt snapped back, you wouldn't have any shirts left to fit you. My uncle rolled his eyes. He does that thing where you think he's going to say something, but then he thinks again. It comes effortlessly to him. He's the strong, silent type, albeit falling into the hempecked category. If I hurl your aunt over the balcony one day, he began, all I need is a sympathetic judge and I'll be out within a couple of years. You just try and push me over that balcony, she said. I'll grab you by those long balls and we go over together. And on that note, let me give you this week's uh, nectar points. Before I forget, there are four nectar points earned on an eBay purchase. Raise the money for that purchase by selling a, a, a Star Wars uh, figure for uh, for lower than I'd hoped. Um, today, some yogurt, some baking potatoes, some uh, head and shoulders. Uh, small size, normally they've got those giant ones that are, are about £3.50. And I don't like the two-in-one business, as I've always said. You know, I like the specialist stuff. I don't need a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. I just want a shampoo. found that today. Got some all-purpose cloths as well and uh, some single oranges. Purchases came to £5.50. Previous points balanced 376 Earned five points. New points balanced 381 Factor in the uh, four points from eBay, that's 385 I'm crap at maths, but even I know that. Let me give you some um, Star Wars football results. Just some uh, League Cup results. Very breathless today. I don't know why, because I took my hay fever tablet this morning, so uh, I don't see why I should be. The League Cup last 16, the all-second division clash, first leg, Savarine, nil, Hosnian Prime won a late goal five minutes from time, gave uh, Prime a uh, crucial win. Uh, Another last 16, all-second division uh, clash, Moncala, one Lerasan one, so that second leg will be interesting. And uh, Empire, who were knocked out of the first round last year, I think by Takadan, if I remember rightly, they travelled to Ord Montel, who last season reached the uh, quarterfinals of the League Cup and became the first uh, team outside of the top flight to reach the Star Wars FA Cup semi-finals. Admittedly, they haven't actually beaten a top flight club yet in their history, so uh, flat track bullies, perhaps. Empire learned their lesson last year because they went out in the last 16. 
they didn't field that week aside. Debuts for a new sign-in wing-back, Rebel Hoth. He played really well. I think he was close to man of the match. I didn't actually note that down. I'll do that now. He got an 8.5 in the um, player ratings. Empire won that 1-0 with a goal from R2-T to, uh, from the penalty spot in, uh, well, just under, just around uh, 19 minutes. And that's his second goal of the season. And uh, finally, last night, the game where the team selections uh, kept me ticking over during my runs last week and uh, during yesterday's scan, the Cloud City derby at Besbin was goalless, entertaining game. Besbin nil, Death Star nil. The transfer window closes um, in the next few days. So teams scrambling around frantically trying to uh, make some trades and uh, budget purchases. Let's end with a trip to the cafe. Oh, the Champions League starts, uh, by the way, this week. I'll tell you what the uh, group seedings are um, on next week's show. Let's end with a trip to the cafe. It's been a week of decent small talk with some of the waiters, some Euro 2020 related small talk, some weather related. Hard to go wrong with the weather. I've been trying to improve my second latte ordering from three tables away. Caught the mullet's eye on Wednesday, 23rd of June, 12.46 hours. I minimised the vocalising of the order this time because it was pointless. The thing is, though, had there been someone sat in front of me at the next table facing me, I'd have felt maybe I still needed the vocalising. Otherwise, it would look odd. You know, they might be thinking, what's this guy miming at? Is he talking to anyone? And that said, it's not actually been much to talk about in terms of the cafe. There was a beautiful tricolour latte, which I posted today on Instagram. You can check that out, 1607 West Egg. I don't know who's behind the tricolours. It's not been a regular thing in the cafe. I don't know whether this is a post-pandemic thing. I don't know whether aesthetically they're trying to coax some new customers, trying to entice customers. Maybe one of the new waiters has decided this is the way to impress the management with these skills. Might they have put uh, the existing staff's nose out of joint? I can't uh, imagine the uh, little illustrated man taking too kindly to that or being impressed by such aesthetics anyway. But... um, it's nice to see. I do like to see the tricolour. Uh, and that is it. That is the end of this week's show. Much like Saturday's pizza, which I put in the oven with that uh, cardboard layer underneath the bread, I've actually managed to forget to record the end of this week's show. I had to do a couple of retakes and then I've gone to upload and I've realised there's no end to the show. So I don't know what is going on so this is take number three and all i have to say is that is it that is the end of today's show and that was june 2021 never to be lived through again now it's time for you to get those shoulders back keep on walking towards the sun keep washing those hands keep ventilating too i'm daniel ruiz tyson and this start of the week i have been available 